It's a Thursday. By the way, if you haven't got off, got your long johns out, you need to get them out. They're telling us that uh, we've got a freeze warning coming down over the weekend. You ready for this? Here in Little Rock, the low Saturday morning, 25. Now, if you're in the outlying areas, you can probably take 5 to 9 degrees off of that. So, going to be very, very chilly come this weekend. Yes. It's kind of always disappointing. I guess we've had a... A decent fall. The color was nice. It's be the but first it just, uh, freeze. Yeah, it's it, but it's this been weekend. rainy. It's been very yeah, very rainy. and that but that's okay because that's what helped get the colors out. That's true. Yeah, because it if it's real beautiful. dry, it's real brown. <laughs> Man, I went up to Fable about probably about a, a week ago. It maybe was a week blazing, and a half. Wasn't it? Man, it was beautiful, especially on Dixon Street. They got those maples. Man, it was red. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> it's it was red. Awesome. That's the way it goes. Those and uh, what else is it? The maple, yeah, it's the maples that are, you know, like blood red when they really yeah. get going. I was driving down sixty five a few years ago, coming into Clinton, and I was going south. It's coming towards Conway, and the sun was at just the perfect angle that the maples look like. They were literally on fire. Wow. The sun was behind them, you know. Got, got a little bit of wind action making it yeah, look like Yeah, I that. stopped. I literally pulled over and stopped just to look at them because they were that pretty. It's incredible. Yeah, I like I like the fall. Have you ever been up northeast yet to see it? Uh, uh, I, go you know, leaf I, peeping, as we call it? No, we've, we've been to uh, Boston a couple of times, but but I've never been up there around that time. you got to go up there. My parents have, and they uh, actually... My folks went on about a 10 days. My mom's like, you know, dream vacation. But they went around Vermont and Maine for about 10 days. Yeah, baby. And it's Maine, gorgeous. They, they just, yeah, said it was incredible. Yeah, so. we went up, uh, it's been about four years now. We went up and went to Niagara Falls and then mm-hmm. came across east, across New York, and then over into mm-hmm. Maine and over into Vermont and stopped at one of the uh, the syrup, maple yeah. syrup places. Yeah. And all. we had a great time, and the leaves were did not disappoint let's yeah. just put it that way that's awesome i yeah. haven't been up there i want to uh my folks were raving about it but i will say here in arkansas when it's good it's good <laughs> yeah when it's not it's, it's pretty not. when it's not it's not it's when it's brown, brown but it's, it's brown exactly but i think yeah this year it was pretty nice looking yeah good stuff. it was we had all that rain that helps it does it helps all right let's get underway the governor has been reelected, so yes. we've got that behind us now yes now we got to look forward and um, I want to say something first before we get started, Jr. if you don't mind, and that's this. I, I hope, and I know that this is maybe uh, false hope, but it's hope nonetheless. I try. People ask me, Dave, how do you look at politics? Well, the way I look at politics is as long as conservative movement is moving forward, no matter how fast or how slow, we're winning. We're winning. I got this this big picture uh, of uh, the game. You know, I'm I'm looking at the fans and I'm looking at the band and I'm looking at the cheerleaders and I'm watching the game on the field. And if things are going our way, I don't I don't major on the minors. Yeah. All right. There's a lot of people that major on minors, and not to say that your particular issue 
is the, the smallest issue out there. That's not what I'm saying. But you cannot take your eye off the big picture. The big picture is whether you, you know, you, whether you want to admit it or not, we're winning. Just for a moment, you take your ideas and you go, well, what if the Democrats were in the same position we're in right now? Would the state in any way, shape, or form be moving the way that we probably would want it to move? Well, there might be a place that you think it isn't right now. Well, I can tell you that still wouldn't be moving probably, and everything else wouldn't be moving your way. So that's how I look at it. I'm... I'm happy that we're moving forward, period. Yeah, and there's going to be folks out there that uh, I mean, you're never going to please and on both sides of the aisle, uh, but but especially within our party. And I think that that's um, that's not bad. Uh, you know, it's their ideas, things you know you think should be moving faster than they are. Some things are moving uh, very quickly, and people think maybe that should slow down a little bit. But at the end of the day, you got to put it in perspective. I like how you think about it. Sort of the thirty thousand foot picture here. You got to. There's been 138 years versus four <laughs> as you know, far as Democrat control, and I'm talking not just. I know Mike Huckabee was governor, but but he did not have uh, didn't have a house legislature. Or uh, I'm talking about full control. Four years, we have done uh, an incredible amount in just four years, but it takes a long time to undo or catch up uh, in the areas uh, where you know the other party had rule for 138 years. It takes some time, um, but I, but I can't. I mean, again, under this governor's administration, we have seen the lowest unemployment in state's history, the highest employment rate in our state's history, fewer people on Medicaid than when he took over. Uh, we have fewer people on SNAP. Uh, than when he took office in 2015. Uh, you know, near, nearly 80,000 new jobs now. We've been talking about 70. It's now at around 80,000 new jobs. So, again, this is we are moving in the right direction. Things are going well, um, but people have to be able to put things in perspective. And, and I'll, I'll mention this too, Dave. You know, obviously, we had an election this week, um, and I think the governor, if you talk to him about it, you know, the highest honor of his lifetime was being elected governor in 2014. And now I think uh, Tuesday night probably trumps that because in some ways uh, the governor, this means more to him than the first time around because his record was on the ballot. People looked at it. They studied it. They said, did you do what you say you were going to do? And is our state better off uh, than when you threw your name into the hat in 2014? And the answer is yes. I mean, here's a few of the highlights. There were 887,000 votes cast in the uh, race for governor. Okay. The governor got uh, 579,000 of those votes. Is that two-thirds? Uh, Pretty close. Yeah. Oh, yeah, close. Because he, he won with 65%, 65.37% okay. against 31.73%. So, yeah, that's uh, basically almost right at two-thirds. But that's the most votes any gubernatorial candidate has ever had in the modern history of Arkansas. And I think the closest to him was Bill Clinton in 84, and I think he had 554,000. That speaks volumes of, I think, the job that the governor's done. And the percentage of, uh, and the winning percentage of 65.5% is also the highest uh, of any gubernatorial candidate uh, in the modern history. And for Republicans, he won 68 of 75 counties. That's also the highest for any Republican. So I think when you put the uh, when you when you put the resume out there, when people see what the governor's done and where we are as a state, uh, people are happy and, and people are pleased with where we're going, and that's Republican leadership. All right, so Jared, the guy that Henderson mm-hmm. that was running for the uh, Democrat side, after the primary, I 
I don't remember hardly seeing the guy. Yeah. I mean, I had to think really hard to remember what his name was a couple of days ago when I was talking about him. And I said, yeah, his first name's Jarrett, right? And I said, and everybody went, I said, yeah. And I said, not the guy that's in that's in prison, right, from Subway? And they said. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's good that you cleared that up. And they so. said, no. And I said, what was his last name? And they, they because right. it was Tuesday that I saw my first yard sign for him and his first bumper sticker. What? Yeah. Evidently, they knew he was the sacrificial lamb. That's all I can think. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you this. I mean, I think that um, my takeaway from the election, from the governor's race, uh, was uh, something to be proud of, I think, for all our Kansans. You know, I think— He when, talked about that Tuesday. Yeah, night. and it's, when you win by 65%, uh, that's a mandate. Uh, and people love where we're going. They love the direction we're going. And if you look at the Arkansas poll that was released every year around this time, uh, like the overwhelming majority of our Kansans are content with where they are and feel better about next year. You know, and that's that's a that's an incredible statistic. But if you look at this race in general, it was civil. You know, we talked about ideas. He we talked, talked about, about civility. A, that's yeah, governor a, a vision for the future, and that's what that's what we need more of. Is is who has the better vision? Uh, when we talk about you know uh, Jared Henderson, a lot of his platform was yes, this is good, but we can do better. You know, I mean, that, if that's the only thing you can you, you can hit on the fact that we're creating more jobs, yeah, we're bringing in uh, we're bringing in new industry, we're creating new jobs, uh, we're getting people off of welfare and into work, um, we're connecting our high school students to uh, to work centers so they can get a job right out of high school if they want to. Uh, we released numbers yesterday; we had a thirty percent increase in student enrollment for Saw computer that science. Today. That's huge; more than eight thousand students every year are taking computer science and here's the nugget behind that the biggest growth was in ninth grade which is huge because that means students are coming in with that knowledge of hey and excitement of i want to take computer coding i think there's a lot of opportunity there so uh, and that's just and we put work requirements in medicaid we've already seen around somewhere around fifteen thousand. Uh, or excuse me, 1,500 people move into work from Arkansas Works, and this is just the beginning. So, uh, I mean, it's exciting. It really is. If you look For those who want to nitpick here and there and those sorts of things, that's their right, that's their prerogative. But I like to look at where we're headed, and I think we're headed in the right direction, and it's going to take more time, again, to catch up from the 138 years of control by the Democrats to put us on the right path. But I think we are on that path, and we're moving full speed ahead. And I think, again, we're talking about transformation of government in 2019, more tax cuts, uh, uh, you know, a highway plan that the people of Arkansas will get a say in. I mean, th- those are those are exciting things, and including teacher pay. And uh, we've already raised teacher pay twice uh, in four years. We're raising it again, and by the time we're done, we're going to be the highest state or the the highest minimum salary of any state in the region. That includes Texas and Tennessee. So that's exciting. I think there's a lot of good things to talk about. And again, I think with 65 percent of the vote, uh, uh, people like where we're headed. All right, let's take a break. J.R. Davis is here. He is the spokesman for the governor's office. I'm sure we'll get the governor on here in a, in a couple of weeks to have him come on and talk about what he's looking for for uh, 2019. I, we'll get him on, I do hope, before uh, the session starts. Uh, don't forget that the Dave Ellswick Show, we will do what we always do, and that is we will broadcast every day, Monday through Thursday, from the state capitol. Friday, I typically don't. Maybe at the very beginning, maybe at the very end, because the rest of the time, 
those dudes are getting out of there by noon on Friday and going home. Yeah. And I don't blame them. I understand they want to see their families. So uh, we'll be talking uh, more about this as we go along. We've got some people who are uh, talking with the Dave Ellswick Show about being sponsors. We're excited about that. There's some good things coming up here on 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer. Don't forget about PI Roofing. Uh, you looking for a gig? I mean, there's plenty of gigs out there, but how about one that you can make $20 an hour at? If you're detail-oriented, uh, you like to work outside, you're good with your hands, PI Roofing and Home Solutions has been expanding their operations departments to better serve their customers as they grow. You can build your future with them. PI Roofing Home Solutions has career opportunities in the Commercial Roofing and Service Division, Residential Roofing and Service Division, and their Home Solutions Division. You can find out about how you fit into all of that by just applying. Send your resume to piroofing.com. That's piroofing, one word, piroofing.com. Or you can call them 501-707-3551. That's 501-707-3551. Okay, so we got a couple of moments before I get into talking what the future holds for this administration for the state of Arkansas. As you all know, I used to be a reporter, and and so was Jr. Jr. was. Uh, did you ever do beat reporting? Uh, yeah, I did. I was political beat. Okay, yep. you did that stuff. All right, I did political, then I I did a lot of street reporting mm-hmm. as well. I used to cover the drug wars in Indianapolis and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, I've been at countless, countless pressers. And Jim Acostas, let me just tell you, he embarrassed me for all journalists in America. He really, really did. And we were talking about this uh, during the break, and you can hear everything we talk about during the break. It keeps hitting me, right? Can't do that anymore, anymore. right, Russ? They can't hear us just talking during the break, can they? Oh. Oh, he's he's talking to Elizabeth. I'll just tell you what I said (laughs) during the break. Uh, No, I think that it it was – it's laughable. Because I think regardless of the administration, and I think CNN especially, really, and you know, you have all these other um, uh, apologists for for, uh, Acosta and, and, and people that are like, oh, he's just doing his job. It wouldn't have mattered if it was the Obama administration, if it was the uh, Bush, first Bush, second Bush, Clinton, Reagan. Yeah. That you can't do that in in a in a. Uh, it's called the presidency. Yeah, in a in a jerk. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and so when you ask your question, the president's you know, in however way, and obviously Trump has a different style, but when he says he's done, and we're going on to the next question, he's done. You, you can't hang on to the mic then rip it out of the intern's hand and continue to shout your questions and uh and on the other side of it too there were some journalists that were that were upset with acosta because he felt like you know again they feel like this is something that he's done on a regular basis as far as taking time time. people have questions they have different you mentioned beats you know they're all there covering the white house but they have different beats and they're covering different things so they have questions they want to ask and i think too when you mention when you consider the fact that most of the questions now uh, have less to do with getting an answer from the president and more FaceTime for the reporter, mm-hmm. uh, and they like to to you know put themselves on this on this uh, pedestal where they're sort of the the light in a dark room, and they're trying to you know stand up for whatever they're standing up for. I guess journalism, the whatever movement. the resist movement. My <laughs> thing is this: uh, could could civility 
uh, in these White House press briefings, could there be more civility on both sides? Probably, sure. But when you when you make a case and say that uh, you were wronged as a reporter after watching yesterday's events, there are rules in place for a reason, uh, especially when you consider being a White House correspondent and you're and you're having questions face to face with the president. There are rules. You got to follow those rules. I thought it was disgraceful. Um, it, it was, uh, and I, I mentioned this too during the break. This this does not help uh, the public's perspective of the, the news press. media. That's right. And 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 I will say this: it's a frustrating uh, watching how they come out and, and stick up for each other. Because look, in some cases, and I'll, I had conversations with local reporters to say it, it hurts them. You know, with, with the national press, because they, you know the public kind of just puts everybody into one bucket as far as press goes, and it hurts local press yep. right here in Arkansas. But when you try to like make yourself the victim in a situation like that, you're a journalist. You have to ask the tough questions. You should ask the tough questions. You should try to get the answers. But there's also there are rules in place, and, and that's my biggest beef. Is that you know when when journalists stop crying about the current environment and saying how wronged we are and and uh, and and a light in a dark world, I think the credibility to national journalists, spe- specifically those covering the White House, uh, will will start. To, to mend but at this point it just you know it seems like everyone asking a question has an agenda yeah well i will say this when i was in the air force and uh i worked for uh you know american forces uh the armed forces radio and television it's now known as american forces uh i was at uh, kelly and they sent me down kelly air force base in san antonio and i worked my last uh, nearly five years in the Air Force for the Secretary of the Air Force uh, Public Affairs Office, and it was General Abel. And one of my responsibilities is that, you know, they would bring the shuttle through every once in a while. And whenever the shuttle came to Texas, uh, everybody showed up. And so I had to answer questions. I had to set up tours. I had to put them where they could get a good shot of it and all of that. There was this ABC correspondent that used to show up all the time and he was a pain in the butt okay his name was sam donaldson and everybody knows who sam donaldson is you know the guy with the eyebrows of satan but anyway he would show up and uh, even he when he was doing the white house beat might yell out a question to the president because he's trying to get that last question in but he didn't he didn't go crazy on it. Yeah, that's, he knew when to stop. Absolutely, and that is that's one hundred percent fine. You have the questions being shouted as they're walking out, hoping to sure. get an answer. That's one hundred percent part of the job. And I'll say this too: for for every Acosta, there there's a, another national journalist who does a good job. Yeah, and, and I think one is you know Maggie Haberman with the New York Times. Uh, I I I follow her. I think that she basically reports the facts. I think there's a lot wrong with the New York Times, but I think as far as beat, <laughs> that's an understatement, right, right. But for as far as a beat reporter who just says, "Here's what I know. Here's here are the facts. Here's what he said," and she's written a lot of uh, fair things about the uh, President Trump as well. I'm just saying that there are fair journalists out there. But there are bad actors, and in this case, I think it absolutely just tears the public opinion apart when it comes to the news media. The guy you can't who trust I really it. like, it's awful. he's left Fox now. He's gone over, I think, maybe CNN, is Major Garrett. Yeah, I think CBS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, I think uh, he does it. He thinks he does a good job. I think I really he does, do. too. And he's I think a they're right straight up reporter. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the point of it, right? You've got questions. You need to get answers. You have to write the story. And, and then it's not your – it's not your – uh, role 
to make a decision as to how the story reads. That's up to the people who read it. And you know what I mean? That's, I that's up to the public. No, so exactly it's just, what you're saying. It's, uh, you must have went to the same journalism school I did. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. J.R. Davis with us for the hour. Always good to have him here. Uh, when we come, the governor examines second-term priorities. Let's talk about them with J.R. after the news, which is coming up right now on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you here. You, you didn't hear that, yeah, huh? No, it's bravery after the fact, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> but you know what? There's some merit there to what some he merit said. To that. that is true. That All is right. true. We're talking about That's Governor funny, Manchin from West Virginia. After he won, and he knew Trump wouldn't be coming back to West Virginia, the campaign for his challenger made the statement that dealing with Trump was like dealing with a junkyard dog. I don't see that as yeah, true. a bad description of the president. You know, he's he's like a Rottweiler in that's a junkyard. True. He really is. Yeah, that's true, but it's funny because you know he wouldn't have – he wouldn't he would have, said have never anything said anything that. All. You're, you're uh, exactly you know, right. Twenty four hours before. So anyway, by the way, I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything from Jeff Flake saying he's going to run for president yet. I keep waiting for him to announce again. Man, I tell you what, this is going to be a long two years uh, as it relates. Makes to, it great for me. I'm I know. There's fun. something to talk about every day. <laughs> I'm, have I'm fun. just trying to figure out what's the over under for the first announcement. Oh. <laughs> well, Warren what? has already said. Who all's been to Iowa already? It's been uh, yeah. Well, what, uh, Kamala's been there. Booker's been there. Warren's been there. Hey, speaking Biden of, uh, has uh, been there. Yeah, I, I, speaking of Iowa, man, that was a race I was watching closely. Uh, that governor's race with Kim Reynolds. That was a, uh, uh, and I think she had some. Um, difficulties in that she hadn't been elected, uh, you know, and that she hadn't been on the ballot before as governor and yeah. that sort of thing. So I think it'll be better the next time around. But that was a race that was really close, but it's good that the Republicans held on to that governor's seat. Yeah, I can tell you, here's the ones that I was watching. Yeah. And I was a happy camper at the end of the evening. Scott and Nelson in Florida. Florida, Florida, Florida. Happy. Look at me. <laughs> I'm lucky. Florida, Florida, Florida. Missouri, McCaskill. Yep. I've wanted McCaskill gone for 12 years. Now yep. she is. Thank goodness. We all know how she got in there. She never should have been there. They finally got her out of there. And then McSally. Yep. McSally is the perfect candidate. I mean, she's a real patriot. And they had some wannabe communists running against her. Is in her the name Kirsten Cinema? Cinema, yeah. Right? What yeah. a name. It's about the truth of her, of, of her. She's about as knowledgeable as any of the actors out of Hollywood. Yeah. That's why they called her cinema. But the bottom line is is that she it, that she's that close just disappoints me in voters. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they're um, – man, they're, I would love to see sort of the breakdown and, and, and sort of where those uh, – when those last-minute – decisions were made by voters and what issues and that sort of thing. There was just a lot coming down uh, the pipe in the last yeah. month. But, um, you know, I, I will say this. I think uh, it was, it was ob- well, obvi- the, uh, stating the obvious, it was a good night for Republicans in the Senate. Uh, and I think for the most part, it was a good night for Republicans in, in the governor's seats. Uh, we lost a couple, but at the same time, huge win down in Florida. Uh, I think ultimately will be a big one in Georgia. Um, How many won up there in Northeast? 
It was, oh yeah, it was you like had three of them, wasn't it? Yeah, they called the governor's race. Uh, our our governor uh, Asa Hutchinson at seven thirty and fifty seconds. Yeah, we're counting. it was quick, and so it was fast. But in in the same regard, when the when the uh, when the polls closed on the East Coast, they called it immediately for Larry Hogan up in Maryland. Yeah. And uh, and Charlie Baker up in Massachusetts, and it was uh, uh, well. Was actually, there a, I don't know. Was Charlie, there a was Maine he on the, or Vermont up there? That, uh, that you know what? Actually, I don't know that. Uh, what was Baker on the ballot this year? I can't remember. Anyway, uh, yes, there was. There's still. I'm not sure what's going on right now, but in Connecticut, it was very, okay. very, very close race in Connecticut. And uh, as of uh, Wednesday morning, they still didn't know so right but yeah no i think republicans fared well in the in the governor's seats obviously we had a big loss in scott walker up in wisconsin yeah um, but close, that was all yeah it was close point. it was very very close um but but uh but yeah so i think um you know despite this this blue wave uh was this no wasn't blue this wave. wasn't anything out of the ordinary uh it's a midterm in fact and, if you're a democrat you should be very disappointed right because the republicans are going to pick up Four, maybe five seats in the yep. Senate. And let me tell you what, when the next Supreme Court justice needs to be nominated, yep. and that could happen at any time, I don't bode any ill will against, you know, Ginsburg. But if she can't continue after going through breaking ribs and stuff, she's 85 years old. Her age is catching up, if not has not caught up with her. Uh, the next uh Supreme Court battle, which would be after the first of the year when we load up even more mm-hmm. on the Republican side, will be ugly because the Democrats, I can guarantee, I kept telling everybody, if you think this is bad with Kavanaugh, yeah. you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's not just the Supreme Court either. When you're talking about foreign policy and the rest of the judiciary, some of the lower courts, um, being able to to confirm uh, those judges, you know, to those courts, that's big for the Senate. Uh, and there's a lot. Uh, again, just uh, most of the talk, at least nationally, was on the House. Mm-hmm. But man, there was a uh, there was a big power surge there with Republicans in the Senate, and it means a lot when it comes to things like foreign policy and the judiciary, and making sure you can get those appointments on the bench, um, you know, throughout the country. So it's it's a it's a big deal. A lot of power has moved to the president in America. And a lot of that power goes with the administrative direction of the president and the people he appoints. And the House and the Senate have given up basically fixing laws that they turned over to federal agencies. Now, who's the only person that has a check on the federal agencies? The judiciary. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you, Trump's going to get every judge that he wants into the federal judiciary, and they're going to all be conservatives, and it's going to be really interesting for the next 40 years, friends, how that's going to re- result in this country. Absolutely. That's why I think it was just incredible to see how much focus was on just the House. Uh, and obviously, anytime the House uh, you know, changes parties, uh, it's newsworthy. But man, the, the lack of, of commentary on the, on the Senate side was uh, was And you know why. Funny, actually. Because I mean, the Republicans were winning. That's right. why. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this is, when I mean, you look at the House, 
It's the people's house. It changes a lot. It mm-hmm. will continue to change a lot. It may go back into the Republicans' hands in two years, especially if they elect uh, Nancy Pelosi as speaker. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, that, but that, that, that to truth. me, it's so short term. Uh, when you look at the Senate, uh, you know that's a that means a lot, and then even in just the next two years, it means a great deal. So. All right. Well, let's talk local for a let's while. Let's talk local. Okay, I know we're we've getting been all talking. passionate about all this stuff. Yeah, today. there's so much to talk about. There really, it really is. is. Yep. All right. Governor says um, he examines his second-term priority story by Michael Wickline here in the Arkansas Dim Gas. Says that uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson said Wednesday he's hoping for bipartisan support in the legislature for his four major plans, and they are another income tax cut, an increase in the minimum pay for teachers, a government reorganization, and a highway plan. Let's start off with the first one, another income tax cut. Now, that goes along with an income tax, you know, re- Overhaul, yeah, really. Yeah, overhaul of of what's going down. Yeah, so right now, and I know they're still working on the uh, final touches of this plan, but the governor said, and this was almost a year ago, where he uh, wanted to lower the income tax rate by another $180 million, Mm -hmm. and that was for the top marginal rate. And for those who who like to, uh, you know, cry wolf on things like this, we've already cut taxes for the middle class. We started off with that. Then we moved on to the lower income and cut taxes and, in fact, moved about 4000 off the rolls completely. Uh, and now it's time to lower the top marginal rate. That's how you compete with your surrounding states. We have the highest uh, income tax rate in in the region. Uh, we want to get that down from 69 to 5.9%, which makes us uh, even a, a whole point uh, drop and it makes us really competitive with our surrounding states like Oklahoma uh, and Missouri, uh, Louisiana, obviously Texas and Tennessee don't have have income taxes, but they also have issues with property taxes and taxes on dividends and on investments and things like that. But I just think it makes Arkansas, uh, um, um, uh, you know, more alluring to these companies that are looking to um, expand or relocate that sort of thing. Um, so anyway, we want to drop that down by 180 million dollars from 6.9 percent to 5.9 percent, and then we want to merge the brackets. Uh, it's the it's the two four five point nine plan. It's easy. It's a two percent. Four percent, and then a five point nine percent. It's easy. You can do it on a postcard. Uh, we're tripling the standard deductions. So where we did that cut for the lower income, it would go back up, but they would also get triple the standard deductions, which would offset right. that. Uh, same thing with the middle class, um, and then dropping it down to five point nine percent also uh, captures uh, a good portion of the middle class as well. So it'd be somewhere around about uh, half a million Arkansans would be affected by this tax cut. Um, so that's that's the first one. I think that's going to be really, really good for the state um, from an economic development standpoint, but also just for uh, your every Joe, everyday uh, Arkansan who gets to keep a little bit more money in their pocket. Um, and and so I think that's a, that'll be a really, really big uh, item for 2019. Alright, final break, then we'll come back and we're going to try to get the other three things in that the governor would like to do, we'll just kind of dust over them a little bit. There's, yeah, there's sorry, a I'll lot go faster. That's a no, <laughs> you did fine. It's more me. I mean, we've been talking about reporters and all kinds yeah, of other well. things. A break and more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, last segment today with J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesman, again, Governor will be on, hopefully, before the beginning of the year, before the session gets underway. And we will cover the session like I've always covered the session. I'll be there Monday uh, through uh, Thursday. Fridays, that's iffy because they don't do a lot of work on 
on Fridays. They're not there. They're trying to get home. So I can understand, especially the guys that are up in northwest Arkansas or down south, they, they get out of uh, get out of Dodge. So uh, I will tell you that we'll have four days a week at least of coverage of what's going on in the session. And you'll keep up with everything that's going on just by keeping it right here uh, to 101.1 FM, The Answer. Let's go back to these other things that the governor uh, looks at. He says he wants bipartisan support uh, as far as an increase in the minimum pay for teachers. Seems to me there's something in that right now. It seems to me the Democrats are kind of ready to play ball on that one. Yeah, I, I think so. I think as far as when you talk about bipartisan support, especially here in Arkansas, people know you know how hard teachers work, um, and we need to keep good teachers. And we need to get kids to, to you know, that are coming through college to, to want to go into that field. And uh, it's tough, but we want to make sure that there's some incentive there. And under the governor's administration so far, we've raised uh, teacher pay twice. Uh, and right now we kind of sit in the middle of the pack when, when you look at the uh, regional statistics. Um, but uh, he wants to raise teacher pay, uh, the minimum salary, from about thirty one eight right now to 36. And that would put us... Uh, yeah, I want to say about 1,500 above uh, the nearest state, uh, and that includes Texas and Louisiana. And to put it in perspective, and Tennessee, but put it in perspective, Louisiana just did a pay raise for their teachers. Minimum salary to 28000 Okay, That was their raise, to 28000 So uh, we're in a good spot, but we want to go further, and we want to make sure that um, you know these students who are taking a look at you know whether or not they want to be a teacher here in Arkansas, we want to say, absolutely, we're going to do whatever we can to support you because uh, the way education goes, the way our future goes. And so we want to make sure that we're investing uh, in education now uh, for future generations, and I think that's something we'll see broad bipartisan support on. All right, so if anybody is coming from Louisiana – who work in Arkansas, they must sign an addendum to their contract says they will never wear purple and gold. <laughs> hey, you know what? The Arkansas Razorbacks, I know a lot of people aren't giving them a lot of a chance, but uh, they could can, be an interesting game. It could be interesting. And, you know, you've, after you play Alabama, I think everyone has some uh, some um, health concerns. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how ready they are. But, if, yes, I agree. If, they that's should do. A, if that's an LSU fan, I'm not taking the call. Yeah, we'll just stand down there on the Louisiana border. <laughs> we'll give them a hat, a, uh, a hog hat, and a, and a jersey, and they can come and, on across the And a the nose, border. and a pig nose. That's right. So We're gonna, we'll set them nose. straight. i give them that. Yeah. All right. Uh, last thing. Uh, well, there's two more things. A government reorganization. Yeah. Do you th- – is there going to be that much problem – with this reorganization, I don't understand why there would be this big of a problem. Well, I'll tell you this. For two years, the governor has been working on this particular plan. Uh, we've done a lot of, um, uh, I guess, you kind of uh, pilot projects, if you will. We've moved you know, rural services into AEDC. Uh, we moved energy office into ADEQ. Uh, there's been a lot. And basically, we wanted to see, does this work? How much money do we save? And are services um, enhanced? Or, or are they disrupted? And, and everything that we've done so far, we've seen uh, tremendous success. Just with the rural services to ADC uh, move or merger, uh, we're, we're saving more than $10 million over the next five years. And, and the idea was $10 million over five, and I think we're already past that in year mm-hmm. four. So we're going to see a lot of those uh, types of, of unknowns um, come to fruition uh, once this uh, transformation plan is is finalized and the governor signs it and then we start implementing it. But um, right now, we haven't heard a whole lot of uh, negative uh, talk behind it. There hasn't been a lot of uh, negative feedback. 
Uh, I think for the most part, people understand that this this makes a lot of sense. When you look at the current org chart or lack thereof, it's sort of this just hurricane of, of agencies all direct directly reporting to the governor. It's about 42 right now. He loves to say that if he gave one hour to each agency a week, he has no time to do anything else. Right. <laughs> it's 42 hours. Um, so this is going to be helpful. We'll get it down to 15. Um, and, and that is helpful in terms of, one, just the governor being able to sit around a table with his cabinet and say, this is what I want to do. Let's let's get after it. Um, but also from an efficiency standpoint, uh, a lot of this is is going to have to do with administrative costs and staff. Um, we've got uh, there's 200 boards and commissions right now, Dave, and, and some of them have different boardrooms and, and buildings and things that they use once a month or once a quarter. Uh, I think that's one way that we can bring all of them into one uh, agency and, and start you know taking care of some of those leases and, and, and consolidating a lot of those costs, share staff. We've got a new Department of Transformation and Shared Services, uh, which highlights, one, that this is an ongoing effort with transformation. It won't stop just because we passed this. We're always right. going to be looking for efficiency. But the shared services aspect is exciting because we're talking about IT, uh, uh, procurement, um, uh, em- the employee health benefits, uh, uh, you know, HR, all of that being shared for these other 15 uh, cabinet agencies. So we can we can kind of go to one thing and be served by sort of one entity instead of doing sort of your own thing throughout state government, and that'll save a lot of money. So the idea is, one, uh, first and foremost – making sure that we are enhancing the services we're providing to our Kansans, making them faster, more efficient, um, and people, you know, and, and for a taxpayer to be able to, you know, speak with someone more quickly than they may, you know, uh, may be dealing with right now. The second part of it, which will come in time, is the savings. If we do this, we will absolutely save taxpayer dollars, and, and that's exciting. Uh, it's a low number right now because we really don't know all the ins and outs of it, but right. we know we'll save money. Um, so right now, all good, a lot of good positive feedback. Uh, we'll see where we go, but but I think it's going to be uh, exciting, and I think we'll get a lot of bipartisan support on that as well. All right. Last question. Uh, the uh, governor says a highway plan. Is the governor going to be behind sending uh, some form of a of a tax plan to the, the people of Arkansas and say, do you want to pay for this or don't you? Yeah, and this is news, but but it's sort of old news because the governor has said this for, I want to go back to the 2017 session where he was like, look, if we're going to raise taxes for roads, and that's something that everybody uses, and we understand that, uh, you know, sort of the user tax, but if we're going to do that, let's let let's let Arkansans decide on what they want to do and let them give a straight up and down vote. It needs to be clear. They need to know exactly what they're voting on and let's let them decide. Um, we do have issues here in the state as far as a, a true long-term infrastructure plan. Uh, we're growing. That's good. Uh, but with growth, uh, you know, you, you have to, um, uh, uh, you have to figure out the new roads, maintain the old Cost ones. It's, it's, you, you know, so growth is a good problem to have, um, but you know, infrastructure is one that we have to tackle. And so, uh, the governor is absolutely committed to a a uh, a referred act to the people, so they can vote for it up or down for a long term highway plan. And and details will uh, come out closer to the uh, session, and we will be working through them. Right now, there's not a consensus on what that plan should look like. Uh, look like, but we're going to work uh, with obviously the Republican caucus, and we'll reach across the. Uh, and make sure we're working with the other party as well, because I think here in Arkansas, we're trying to do what's best for the state of Arkansas. And everyone knows that, that infrastructure, our farm to market roads, those are important. We got to get those uh, fixed, maintained, and then we got to build new roads. Has he had a meeting by any chance with the caucus and, and talked to them about they kind of tacked on 
in this thing that they're working on with taxes and reorganizing our tax structure of uh, kind of adding a tax on the gas tax, uh, and it would kind of move around. And I remember yeah. when the governor was on, he wasn't real thrilled about it. Yeah, yeah, and I think those are uh, that's a good point, but those are some of the details we're going to have to hammer out when we get into session. And we'll have meetings beforehand and meet with leadership and, and the incoming leadership. Um to kind of see where we are on that uh but yeah i mean we'll see we'll see what it looks like it may have to be there may have to be an increase on on uh, on gas um but we may be able to do where there's one right now we have the uh, uh the bond initiative which will i think stop in 2023 we may prolong that and do it more as a fee as we go versus mm-hmm. a bond um and i think that's a good idea as well so but but bottom line is the governor is absolutely committed to getting a highway plan referred to the people for 2020 so they can they can vote up or down on a long-term highway plan um, and i think that it's something the state needs and i think probably the majority of our kansans think we need it as well especially right. if you drive on some of these roads <laughs> we play we appreciate you coming in jr we'll do it again next thursday you have a great afternoon and uh, have a wonderful rest of your week i appreciate it dave all right we'll Thanks, talk buddy. to you later jr davis spokesman for the governor's office Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, the right view, the female power panel. Coming up next, we'll be talking about a lot of things. We'll talk about Ginsburg. We'll talk about the shooting. We'll talk about this and we'll talk about that. Not like we don't have anything to talk about. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, let's get started. The uh, right view has made their way into the studio and this is our female power panel. You know, I thought about the other night. Well, we got plus another Wayne, guy plus here, Wayne too. Plus yeah, one. Wayne Beach is here, too. <laughs> Wayne came in today, and I figured... Is he identifying as a woman today? Oh. That might be the case. Maybe that's it. I could say that, and then everybody would understand it is the right view with... A wrong, can't figure out what I'm feeling. Wrong. Easy, easy, easy. Your wife now. will be surprised to hear easy. about this. I told you, know, you it's you a little dangerous a in here. Guy, right? <laughs> so everybody just missed my joke, but that's good, except for Russ. Russ started laughing over there because he heard what I said. All I'll right. get you back, Russ, in a minute. No, that's fine. But he came in bearing gifts for me today. For you who are watching right now on uh, Facebook, this is cream boulet, which I like a lot. Would you like to have some, Elizabeth? No, no, no. I'll give you the rest of it. Dave, it's technically pronounced creme brulee. Okay, whichever. I'm not it's French, all right? You I don't like your, your I don't, name sometimes. I don't dude. like the frogs. What can I tell you, all right? I'm not a big frog so supporter. That's the way he's speaking in Arkansas. Just say yeah. <laughs> just say the way I'm Hey, and say there's it. more there's vanilla more, pudding. Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking at Ellswick. And there's more of Ellswick that where ease. I came, because I have some in the fridge down the hall. Oh, do you really? Yes, I do. All right, well, that's very, so y'all very went to lunch good. together, too. We, huh? okay. we went to lunch together. <laughs> so where, yeah. Yuck it up out Let there. Let me tell you what. If, if you've never eaten at the uh, Terrace on the Green, uh, you're really missing something, because I've never had a, a bad meal there. Mm-hmm. It's a Mediterranean-type uh, restaurant. It's excellent for lunch, and they've got an excellent uh, evening meal, too. But the... Uh, um, the lunch is the one I really okay, like. Okay, so where are they located? Okay, on the corner. You know where Rodney Parham 
turns into Henson. Yes, that that, uh, that financial building. Absolutely, off to the right, right there the by Regions Bank. It's right. in the bo- it's in like it's, the bottom it's floor, right on bottom floor oh. in the corner over there of Regions Bank. Still and small, been there for quaint quite a restaurant. While. I mean, is is one of the best there. places. Yeah, so you and, haven't and, been there. Okay. Well, and, and on a nice day, you can sit out on the patio. They got patio seating. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I have to try it out, and is I'll it, wait till I can go on the patio, and that ain't happening anytime mm-hmm. soon. No. I don't think. Did you hear what the weather is supposed to be this weekend? Freeze warning tonight, baby. Where we're going. Where we're all going, where we all live, we live outside. Well, you live in the city of Conway. I live in Old Trough, so we live out in the out in the boonies. Yeah. I live out in Cabin in and the And we're boonies. further north than you are. That's Kenny. right. Uh-huh. And if you know anything There's about deer hunting and duck hunting, it's good right now. They're loaded up, headed that way. Yeah, you're all excited for the simple reason: the deer will be moving in the morning. I'm just cold. telling you right now; they'll be moving in the morning. Everybody who does any you know any kind of deer hunting knows that. I just know that they're saying that the low in Cabot on Saturday morning will be twenty five. Oh, that's cool. Maybe than I even choke. even it could be even because it's going to clear off and it's going to drop like a rock. Well, that's a, it's well that radiation cooling when it gets clear when it at gets night clear, it's like that's at night have, yeah it'll drop like a rock. They're okay. saying freeze warning. So if you have any weekend. plants, bring them inside or cover them up. Your house plants, ladies. If you haven't done it already, now you're saying you got to go get your wood. Do you yeah, have, my my firewood. Up. Okay, yeah, I've gotta, already burned gonna, every stick of furniture and I got in the house. <laughs> you gonna bring you gonna bring in the pansies too? The what? The pansies you got? In the, no, bag? I don't worry about those. I don't have any of those. <laughs> Actually, pansies would be okay. I don't allow them in my yard. You think so? Yeah, they'll kind of like die back a little bit. They'll come back. They uh-huh. well, maybe depends on how cold it gets. <laughs> anyway, bottom line is that it's going to be really cold this weekend. So, really? again, remember to put non-freezable uh, windshield washer fluid in your reservoirs. Ooh, and too. your dogs and your cats. Yeah, give, you take care of your animals pets. and all of that. Check so on your water, neighbors. Their water yeah. freezes outside, so they need drinking water, and so you want to make sure they got drinking water if you keep them outside. Absolutely. Yeah, and then, you know, Leave when it freezes faucets. over, make sure you break the ice so they can actually drink it. Yeah, and let, well, they can lick it. Well, I know. I you know we, we keep, it's, we keep it's a, a water bowl on the front porch where the joke. sun hits, and that helps a lot because the sun, you know, keeps it, it, once yeah. it, it once the sun comes up in the morning, it kind of keeps it. Dave, from I freezing. hate to leave y'all, but I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave these two girls with you. And, okay, and you got it here. We'll let you get out. Take he, easy. He, want, he He told me he says, "I don't cotton to the stuff of being on the radio," and I said, "Sit down." <laughs> <laughs> I had to have him on because he brought me the dessert. It was oh, nice yeah. of him. He knows how to get on that's, your good side, doesn't that's he? That's really well done on the top, you know, where they used to flame to caramelize it. Yeah. Ew, it's good. Well, mm-hmm. you know, is it – I can't remember the gentleman's proper last name. I think it's Baccarat. Jerry Baccarat is the mm. one who runs that restaurant. He's got several in town. He has been successful for many, many years with numerous different restaurants. Being, tar- a, being a foodie person, the terrace I can't on the green. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, that one's Wayne, been around Wayne for the said, longest. Wayne said that the it's the per- people that run it are, are Greek. It's authentic. Mm-hmm. Greek. Okay, so I need no. to get over there and yes. check it out. Typically at lunchtime, if you want to run into me because I'm there probably. If it's not a real busy week, I'm there three times a week, mm-hmm. and that is BJ's Cafe. Oh yeah, over at the end of McCain, you go over the new bridge. And then right at the bottom of New Bridge, take right, and you go right down in the bottom down there, and you'll See, find you it. See, I don't know all the places. I, you well, know, do I you know like home cooking restaurants? 
home cooking like kind soul of soul food type stuff. Not soul like food. Plate lunch, baby. Like plate, like plate, plate lunch. Meat and three. You got to go. Three. Okay, or meat so like you know, open face roast beef with yeah. a big old yeah. side of mashed potatoes and gravy yeah, and a Tuesdays. biscuit. And I'll that. have you, I'll have you come in early on a Thursday. You like chicken and dumplings? Oh, do I? Some of the best chicken and dumplings. Is it even I better than smack. Cracker Barrel's yes. chicken and oh, dumplings? Oh, definitely That's better than Cracker Barrel. That's much better than Cracker Barrel. It's, well, I'm just saying, uh, Cracker Barrel food is pretty home. good, but it's you're saying good, this is, a, this is, this is the yeah. next, next uh, home, level. Home-baked pies, you know, mm. coconut cream, chocolate oh cream. For those of us who are raised in the South, and I was, this is the way I ate growing up. Yeah. 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 So anyway, My grandma's food. We'll go, uh, we'll go do that. Uh, just say the word. Okay, next Thursday. Uh, just say that. Well, what, lunch you know, early. What what time is, is that going to be? Uh, yeah. Eleven o'clock. Okay. No, come on mm-hmm. in. Be here at eleven. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, we'll meet here and we'll pile into my SUV because it will have been completely fixed and I will not be afraid to put people into it and drive around. New transmission. Uh, yeah, being taken care of wonderfully by our good folks uh, over at uh, Sunny's Auto Salvage. They're working on it. He just wrote me. He just sent me back a text. I texted him. I said, done today? He says, no, it'll be tomorrow. i got to take it somewhere to get it flashed so it knows when to shift. Mm-hmm. Got to educate it. Got to get the computer you smart. Edumacate it. Edumacate So they're going to send it over to Joe's and flash it over there. So I was going to get that all what done. What, you get a guarantee for how long? Three years. Three years. Parts and labor. Parts and labor. Unlimited mm. mileage. What a deal. Unlimited what a mileage. Deal. Let me say that again. Because they Unlimited do a good job. mileage. Yeah. And they, you know, they can give that kind of a guarantee because they know they do a good job on the front end. And Yeah. I know. took in I took in the cars. I took in the SUV today, and they go, you've been here before. And I said, <laughs> yeah. I got a got a, a Toyota I brought in, and you've put a new engine in and a new, uh, a new transmission in. It's going to be like the Bionic truck. Yeah. Lots. Everything's going to be from that red, that red truck has or vehicle has how many miles on it now? Almost three hundred thousand. Yeah, still been driving going. it for a while, just like the Energizer Bunny. As I always say, I drive it to the wheels fall off. Yeah, buddy. Because I I don't have a you know look. Somebody says how much that cost you? I say about two grand. And they go, well, that's expensive. I said, yeah, that was three car payments. I was going to say, a lot less expensive that's, than a new car. A lot less that's expensive than buying a new car with, not making. That's exactly with a right. loan at whatever percent interest happens to be the thing. Or the now, time. for usually seven years, most people. <sighs> yeah. what that's is the, the deal? average What is now. the deal with people getting a brand new car? I don't understand. I'm kind of fuddy-duddy, I suppose. I've always bought used vehicles, not very old ones, gotten really good deals, low mileage, all this kind of fun stuff. I can't imagine spending three times as much as I typically spend to get a brand new car. And then you're I've never had one in my stuck life. with it. Yeah, well, until, by the time you pay it off, it's like rotten. I well, mean, seven-year note or something. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, seven-year note, that means that you'll be well past 100,000 oh, yeah. miles by the time. Hey. And it depreciates my, by 50% the minute you drive yep, it off the lot. It's absolutely. crazy. My 2014 uh, Chrysler Town & Country um, was uh, had 13 miles on in 2014 mm-hmm. when I bought it, mm-hmm. and I got one of those seven year loans. Yeah, I have 151 thousand miles on my on my van, and I still have how many years to pay? Th- three more years. To three pay. more years. Oh man! Same. So uh. so if something goes wrong, you got to yeah, pay to fix decide. it, yeah. and, and you got to make payment. the payment. Uh. I, I, I don't think I invested in an extended warranty. 
and you know because you you have a warranty but it only covers like the drive train and yeah. for so many thousand miles or something like that 30,000 three years 30,000 miles or whatever yeah they've come down from that 10 year mm-hmm. 100,000 now mm-hmm. that's not yep available money more because they know you're going to be driving the wheels off your car and by the time you decide to claim on it they're going to have to pay <laughs> listen yeah. to the ladies don't buy a new car you, you know look if you buy a car and it's Anywhere around 100,000 miles, it's usually going to be in decent shape. Back in the 60s, you bought a car, had 100,000 miles on it. It was on its last legs. Now, 300,000 miles is not, you know, Abbey normal for uh, for an engine and if i knew i wouldn't put miles on it and and, I, and there's no way i can't because i live You're out in the middle yeah, of nowhere. I, I live, everywhere you go I, it's an hour to jonesboro it's an hour and a half year um and I, i'm coming down here you know once a week now yeah. and then anytime i have to go to the va hospital and when i go ballroom dancing it's you know up on shackleford shameless plug um the ballroom on shackleford 1300 where you'd like to dance yes (laughs) anyway um i would lease but you have to stay within a certain amount of miles on a lease and i because then you pay per mile yes and and so that wouldn't work for me i couldn't do that i it's never and then you pay when you turn the car i like to drive i've been known i'll just say let's go for a ride just just oh like let's see where this road takes us yeah just i don't i've never been on this road before let's just go let's just we're gonna take a break when we come back ruth bader ginsburg oh not not in good shape today yep although i think she's okay broke, broke ribs she's 85 years old she's fought cancer twice she's uh broke ribs before how much longer can she, you know, like the Energizer Bunny, keep on going? She's a tough bird, but you I'm know, not sure. I don't know how much longer she can go. And when we come rib- back, we'll talk about what's it going to be like when they have to replace her if Trump is still president. You know what that's going to be That like. is going to be big time Can you spell circus? It will be entertaining. <laughs> you think Kavanaugh was a circus. Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. It's going to be like Ringling Brothers and all I over said again. That, I said that about Kavanaugh, and everybody said, oh, no. I said, if it's Amy, ah, you wait. She's so pro-life, man. The Democrats mm. will have fits. And it probably would happen after the first of the year, and there's going to be five new Republicans coming aboard in the Senate and that means Collins and Murkowski, who are very pro-choice, don't have to vote for. And we still got three ad- additional Republicans that will fill in with no problem. I have a question. So, Democrats, you got what you what you hope for. But, but now do you, you want may, what you got? You may not like what I'll you got. I'll ask you after the break because I know you have to go to a break. Right? Okay, yeah, i got to get to it. Let okay. me just talk about it. It only happens one time and only 90 people are going to be able to see it. You're invited to a special one-time screening of the documentary film, The Tax Train is Coming. Government officials, economists, and financial experts spill the beans on why you'll pay much higher taxes in retirement with your IRA, 401k, and Social Security uh, benefits. Plus, why it's crucial that you take action now or be left with a faction of your retirement savings. It's a special one-time event. Happens on Thursday, November 29th. It's about three weeks away. 6.30 in the evening at UA Breckenridge right here in Little Rock and Mission Free. Hosted by David Lucas. Host of the David Lucas Show. 
here on 101.1 FM. The answer Saturdays, 10 a.m., 3 p.m. If you've saved $500,000 for retirement, call to reserve your free ticket. Do it now, 501-653-6690. 501-653-6690. Again, 501 653 6690. All right, we got about five minutes before the news uh, appears, and we catch up in 60 seconds about what's going on in the world. You know, I'm, let me just ask you guys this. Tell me what you think. As I told you, we've talked about Ginsburg, and we will talk about her. But <coughs> the, the, the tragic story of the shooting that occurred out in Thousand Oaks, California. So sad. Where uh, a form, uh, you know, a marine, not a former marine. And I learned early in my career, you never say former. He served in over front five of, years. I know you never, say, but you never say former in front of a marine. All right, they are always, always a, marine. a marine. I think there were birthdays coming up this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. The tenth, Semper Fi, tenth okay. of November, Semper Fi. So this guy walked into a club with a semi-automatic handgun. And killed 13 people. All right. I agree that's a news story. And that should be reported. Certainly. But what I have problems with, and they wonder why people might copycat this stuff. When you start with it as the first story of the day, when your your talk show hosts come in, and they're not journalists, all right? When they come in and they start talking about it, and all they do is keep talking about it from early in the morning until, in the case with Fox, I just looked up, they finally broke their coverage after Shep. To talk about real news today. To, yeah, to talk about other things, other that, things. That, that are going on. And Neil Cavuto is on. He's not talked about it at all. When you do that much on one story like that and give somebody, and this is what it is, notoriety, mm-hmm. there's people out there that mentally might take that as i can go out in a blaze of glory nobody pays attention to me nobody thinks my life is worth anything what have i you know what have i succeeded at in my life i can succeed in this that's why i like that the news reporters do not generally anymore give the person's name except maybe Mm -hmm. once and they pretty much stick but that's a pet peeve of mine you know all you know you know at 10 10 a.m this morning all we knew Somebody went in, somebody got, you know, a bunch of people got killed. That's all you know about it. What else can you say about it repeatedly over and over and over for eight more hours? I mean, I get sick of it. You know, come in at the top of the hour or, you know, halfway through the hour and say, this has happened. We're going to tell you more when we know more. But this constant coverage makes it worse. I'll tell you, being a reporter and you being a reporter, this drives me crazy. You got them talking about the story. They give all the ifs, ands, and buts. Everything they know, in, everything which that, is not much tell. in the beginning. <laughs> then they reach over and they bring over this person, mm-hmm. and they go, "You were there. You were, How do you feel? You, you were in the club when this happened. How do you feel? That drives me wild. So, you know, paint a picture for us. Tell us what happened. How do you feel? Happened. How do you think I I'm going to feel? I can. I can pretty much in my own mind. <laughs> yeah. Come up with the terror. I've been shot at. All right. When I was in the military, I've been shot at, and I can tell you the pucker factor that goes <laughs> along there. with there is very strong. And uh, you don't have but, to ask me what it's like. But that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to evoke that emotional response. Yeah, buddy. That's what the left does. 
you know, they don't propaganda. Yeah, there's no there's yes, there's like I I agree. Tell tell the facts and then move on to something else. And if something happens, break in. We got breaking news. Breaking news. We have more information about about the shooting and then go on with it and then then move on. But they want to dwell on it because they know that the that the people that um, that live in the bubble with them, Mm -hmm. they're just going to they're going to suck it up like a sponge i i went to i just saw it on drudge it just popped up they got a video from inside the club when the shooting was happening okay it's already up okay for people to watch it's like who wants to watch do you remember well and that's the key is how bloodthirsty yeah. as a culture have we really become have I mean, you seen I re- the video games that kids play these oh yeah days? Well, absolutely <laughs> yeah, but i mean i'm, I'm looking I'm, I'm talking about real people not not Avatars. That what are I'm being saying killed. is that, that, that your people are desensitized by watching the blood and gore movies and, until and playing, it happens and, to them, and then and then so when it actually really happens, they're like, eh. or they're like, oh, this is so cool. No, this is people's lies we're talking about. And see, when they yeah. go in and they watch that video that's being posted all over everywhere by now, I think they think it feels like a TV show. All right, hold your thoughts. We'll come back. We got the news. Let's get to that. Then we'll return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, the folks over at Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics have been working hard on 12th Street. That is their first location they opened up back in the mid-80s. And they have now gutted it. They've added additions to it. And they're real, really near being completely done with it. They're still open, still seeing patients. It's going to be absolutely a state-of-the-art facility, latest technology in prosthetics and orthotics. I mean, they've got they got a prosthetic printer now, a 3D printer that they're working on, which is – this is so cool. Think about this for a second. The way they do it right now, they do a, a million different measurements and to, to get a prosthetic ready to go over the stump of where you've had something amputated or you lost a, a limb because of an accident or whatever – now what they'll have is they'll have a a device that hooks into the computer and they'll run that over the stump and it makes a perfect reproduction of what that's supposed to look like. And they'll feed that into the computer and then the computer is going to print. Hear me again. It's going to print a 3D prosthetic. It's it's, it's amazing what's coming, and this is all going to happen over the next year. And they're on the, cut, the cutting cusp of all this. Uh, Gary Horton, the, the uh, father that started this business, is still heavily involved with it. And I call him the godfather of uh, prosthetics. He's the guy who came up with the articulating knee for a prosthetic so that your leg bends instead of just being straight when you walked. Uh, the only time you get to bend is when you sat down and you undid the uh, the leg so it could bend down and let you sit down without it being stuck out into the aisleway. He's a, he's just a brilliant guy, and it's a great, great uh, group of people working over there. That's Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. Find yourself in that position, by the way. If you're a lady, you've had breast cancer, you've had to have you know your breasts removed, you'll need prosthetics. And I'm telling you right now, Hortons are the people you need to go talk to. That's Hortons Orthotics and Prosthetics, providing a lifetime of support. They're located in Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. All right, ladies, come back. Let me turn it back over to Elizabeth. She was talking. 
when she got cut off at the at the news. We were sitting here talking about uh, you know all the coverage that we get from these mass shootings, and you made a statement during the break. Said I, you know, I hope that a reporter never comes up to me. I hope I never oh. get myself caught <laughs> in a situation mm-hmm. like this. I mean, nobody wants to be in that kind of situation. And then somebody walks up and asks the not. most stupid question that you can ask if you're a reporter. If you're a reporter, listen to me. Do, do not, not ask this question. How do you feel? Feel? How do you feel? Somebody just was shot at. Maybe. Saw some of their friends get killed. Yeah. Well, how do you feel? What do you think they feel? You don't need them to say anything about that. They wouldn't like my answer, and I probably wouldn't make it to the television. (laughs) (laughs) They'd probably censor me real quick. You think so? I think that same thing. If the reporters still had their head attached. Look, I I covered (laughs) drug crime for years in Indianapolis, and I never asked that question. And when you cover drug crime, you know what you cover most of the time? Death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's death. The Either drugs or slow. caused de- caused death, but um, it w- it was something that I had to cover one time at three o'clock in the morning. I came home and I sat down on the bed and I looked at my wife and I said, "I'm done. Can't I do can't it do anymore. it anymore." And uh, a drug dealer had been assassinated in his car. He's uh, you can make the you can think about. It. He's laying over the wheel. They had shot him in the back of the head. And I knew that I need to get away from it because I was talking to a lieutenant who is the uh, PA, the uh, the press representative for the uh, Marion County Police Department. And we were sitting there talking about it, and he's giving me the, you know, I'm standing there on the side of the road with him. Now, at, most roads are crowned. That lets the water run off the roads, right, and down to the gutter. And so we're standing there, and we're talking, and I've got my microphone up to him. And, mm-hmm. look, I've covered this story a million times, so I'm letting him just do his thing. And then I look down, and the blood from the dead bodies, and there was two in the trunk as well, had run off the side of the road and was puddling at our feet. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. And when I walked away from that, I said, can't do this anymore. And the smell? Yeah, oh, can't do no. this anymore. I'm done. So here's breaking news, sir. Oh, we got breaking news. Uh, yeah. We've had uh, one person shot in the leg Thursday afternoon in downtown Little Rock, about 2.40 p.m., 900 block of McGowan Street. That's between MacArthur Park mm-hmm. and I-30. No other information at this time. It's exactly what you're talking about, Dave. Wow. I don't know that it's a drug crime, but and that's just this the facts, afternoon. Ma'am. Just that's the facts. Just the facts. That's today. Yeah. Still investigating. And we'll let you know more if we hear it. We won't talk about this all Thank afternoon. You. Yeah, that's exactly right. That but is that is right story. now. That's exactly what's happening right now here in Little Rock, Arkansas. Hmm. All right. All right. So I've been corrected. I got a message in, uh, here. Per the tragic shooting in California last night, I've been severely damaged by my combat experience, have had much to deal with since then. I still have nightmares and night terrors, and I can't help but jump at things that go boom, but neither myself nor countless other Marines so damaged would ever deliberately in a premeditated fashion turn on those we swore to protect. Once a Marine, always a Marine, until you violate that sacred oath, then you lose the sacred title That's exactly what David Webb said this morning on his program, and he did say that. He goes, that guy was not a Marine. Basically, I don't know of any Marine that ever do anything like that. Right. He was mentally ill. 
he was very mentally ill. He had been investigated once before. But, I would bet money that he is doesn't doesn't excuse what he did. Don't get me wrong. No. But we have a problem with mental illness in this country. We don't talk about it. You can't admit to anyone if you've got a problem because you're made to think that it's not okay. Mm-hmm. That is a huge, huge contributing factor it to these people. They're creating these problems for others because they're not well. All right, Amy, you had something else you wanted to add? Oh, it was about something else. About Webb? Mm-hmm. No, I'm just oh. going to say, you know, he, he, judging by the way he talks, he was, he, I think he was a Marine, was he not? Yes. He either, he, he's very, he's very uh, um, partial to the Navy, too, because they, the Navy and the Marines work yes. together. But he's very, I think he's a Marine, and he did mention that, this is similar to what that one gentleman said, that you're a Marine one, until you break that code, and, um, but I do agree with you, too. Um, there is a, a culture in the military where people are afraid to come forward because they're they're made to look they're made to feel weak. It's worse in the military, yeah. but it's across our whole culture. Okay, yeah. it's not okay to it's okay to say you know I have MS or I have cancer or I have whatever that's severely affecting your life, but it's not okay to say. Well, I have OCD, or I have um, uh, what's the uh, manic depression, or I have schizophrenia, and I'm on medication. Bipolar disorder. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! It's not okay. It's an illness. Okay, it in many cases can be worked on. Can be treated. Yeah, can be treated. And you should be commended for getting help. Absolutely. I mean, that's one reason why veterans don't come forward now to say that they have problems. You know, you yes. because they're afraid now in the culture that we live in. If you, you don't uh, want to get riffed, that's the term. If, all right. If yep. you if you admit that you have a mental health concern, then they want to come after your right to carry. Absolutely. That's you went over thing. there and fought to defend our Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. But you're going to come home. And you, you, you're, you're deeply affected by the combat environment. You want so badly to say, I need help. Or, or, or if you get, um, you get like a, you know, compensated, you know, 50% or more compensation. And then you're, you know, you get care at the VA. You're afraid to tell your mental health concern, uh, counselor, you know. Yeah, what's going to show up in my record? Yeah, what's going to show know? up in my record that can be and and and, and used against me yeah, later? Yeah, even if I'm well. Or or even this. How many how many pregnant females have had postpartum depression? Yes, that that is a common occurrence in in pregnant females. Once they've given birth, they they can get the quote baby blues. But it's a it's a documented healthcare health, mental health concern, and if you say, well, I had to take bupropion or something postpartum to, and and get some counseling to help me get through this, then they can come and say, well, you were you're taking uh, antidepressants, you can't carry a weapon. Well, and that's again, that's the smartest thing an individual could ever do for themselves is to say, you know, I've got a cold, I need to go to the doctor. Hey, I've got some mental issues i need to go see somebody get this worked out that's the smartest thing you could ever do for yourself and we make people feel like something's wrong because their stigma is attached to mental health it's not as bad as it used to be i mean still pretty but but it's still pretty tough and you're just afraid to say anything you know Uh, you know or if you say uh or say you know i'm i'm having some mental health concerns and don't ever say that you can't manage your own finances because of problems and that's that'll that'll put a nail in the coffin okay so let me tell you one other thing ed monk just sent me a text and everybody knows ed monk's my guy on guns i like to have ed on he's a concealed carry 
uh, instructor. He's been on my show countless times. Jan Morgan, somebody else I, mm-hmm. I have on the show talking about guns as well. But here's where, what he said. California sheriff said in interview that there were six off-duty police officers in that bar, but all of them were unarmed. No way. They disarmed the police? They, that's no, 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 California. No. Oh. <sighs> yeah. That's yep. California, yep, yep, yep. folks. I forget. There you go. Because I don't know Always any remember, law enforcement officers that do not carry 24-7. The only person who can but stop a bad guy with a gun most of the time is a good, good guy, guy with, with a gun, gun. or well, woman. did you see the incident yesterday? I think it was in Seattle where a gentleman, not a gentleman, a man attacked his wife stabbed her in the throat killed her on the spot basically they took her to the hospital she didn't survive but there's a very dramatic video that a bystander watched it was a person who was in the area not a police officer who pulled out their concealed carry and i mean they're backing this guy off the video goes on for five minutes probably and he's just backing a guy off and trying to get the guy to drop the knife and all these things if it weren't for him who held the guy off long enough for who the police to arrive who else might have gotten lots of bad things would have happened yeah oh, good my. guy with a gun mm-hmm. he was a, an employee of the food court and happened to be carrying that day he said to his boss who watched it uh i happen to be carrying and i've got my pistol on me today before he can even get the question out of his mouth he was taken off to go do something i wouldn't have even asked but the video just goes on i mean he he was maybe 30 feet away from the guy and he's backing up the whole time but the guy kept advancing and i mean he crosses a street and goes through you know i mean he's backing up backing up but he's talking to the guy and keeping him in you know until the police arrived yep good job he did a great job good job kept his cool because the guy was trying to say shoot me shoot me shoot me yeah you know yeah that's the way they'd want to die all right suicide by cop yeah we've all heard about that this Mm -hmm. guy wasn't the cop but he was the guy there with the gun the other part was the guy with the gun was saying jesus loves you jesus loves you this is not you know you don't have to do this right and so it didn't help but he tried i got you all right applied research still have uh, clinical research studies going on exploring the safety and effectiveness of investigational drugs if you want to be a, a person who participates in one of their studies you have to go to their website arc arkansas arc arkansas.com when you get there you'll see all the studies they got going just click on them they'll drop down they'll tell you what the study entails it'll tell you uh if you want to be a participant what uh you know you have to do what to qualify and if uh, you get picked you get compensated for the study Again, ARCArkansas.com. You can also call them at 501-954-7822. That's 501-954-7822, Applied Research. All right, final segment in our uh, 3 o'clock hour. Elizabeth has been under the weather a little bit. That's why she's sitting on the other side of the table from me. No, that's not the reason. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm going to breathe on you. She wants to sneak out and... Um, <sighs> She's going to do that. Hannah, we're going to switch. Webb is going to be here, and so she'll move in, and we'll continue talking Tag team. about things kind of from a feminine point of view. So I'm going to turn it over to you guys. Uh, Ginsburg fell, hurt herself. Okay, uh, your thoughts about this? Does do you think this shortens her perhaps time left on the court? She's 85 years old. Uh, I understand that she considers herself a a tough person, but there comes a time when 
I think time catches up with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that in mind as well, uh, what was Amy's last name? The um, Supreme Coney Barrett. What is it? Coney Barrett. Coney Barrett. Is Amy her first name? Yep. Yes. Okay. Amy, I think she's got one Amy of those. Barrett. Amy Barrett. I think she, is Coney it a hyphenated Barrett? name? Okay. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, hyphenated. Coney All right. Barrett. So she's she's next up. Mm-hmm. Trump announced that after he announced Kavanaugh. He says, now a lot of people wanted me to name Amy. He says, she's up next. She's already teed up. So you guys tell me what happens uh, on the left when oh. if, if Ginsburg happens to say she can't continue. What's the first things they're going to say? They're going to make it a pro-life, pro-choice thing. They're going to say that she's too radical to be on the Supreme Court because she's not pro-choice. But they're going to also say that they can't replace that seat just yet because it hasn't, you know, we're too close to the election or we're too, you know, they'll find some excuse on timing of the election cycle to say, oh, we can't do this now. We'll have to wait until they think they can have control. I think I think she's going to stick around as long as she possibly can, similar to what happened with, with Mr. McCain. And that they never replace, you know, he was ill for a long time, but he wasn't there to do votes or anything else. But, that's but they wonderful. didn't replace that seat. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Fine that can't with hurt me. Because at that point, it's 6 3, not 6 4. Yeah. It's 6 3 conservative. Yeah. And that means that if uh, Roberts does do what some people think, uh, he's going to fall over and play the Kennedy part, he can do it, and he's, they're going to still lose 5 4. I'm just saying, I've been thinking about this. And the other thing that I've been thinking about is coming with the wins that we had this last time in 2020 with the coattails of Trump that I expect, I had to have to sit down and really look at it. But I forget what third of the Senate is running for re-election. That will get interesting. What if the GOP adds another five seats and now they've got we got majority. it locked in now. They got yeah. 60. 60 filibuster-proof majority. Woo! Just saying. It's, I'm just saying. Hand me that book there real quickly, <coughs> Elizabeth. I'm sending Elizabeth home with this. And it's called Judicial Fortitude, The Last Chance to Reign in the Administrative State. That's it right there. And at the bottom, that's Peter Wallison who wrote it. You need to read this because here is the argument he makes. The president has more power than he's ever had. The legislative branch has given up a lot of their power. And they gave it over to the president and the president gave over a lot of his power to the administrative state. EPA. All right. EPA, education department, all these different departments. They make law or pass you know things that we've got to do without uh you know any kind of uh, representation for us however the stopper for all of that is a simple one it's the courts judicial fortitude that's what why it's so important that we not only kept the senate but have more senators on the senate so that we can load up the courts like the democrats did from all oh, about the late 50s until uh, just a few years ago 
that we can fill them up with conservatives and stop this insanity. So read the book, seriously. You'll understand what I'm talking about. I did see an opinion piece talking about the loss of the House and the seats that were gained in the Senate and the individual writing uh, said basically, hey, look, we're not going to suffer from having the House be in the Democrats' hands because, let's face it, Congress doesn't make laws anymore. Mm -mm. It's the courts that rule through precedent and through the lawsuits. Amy, have you ever heard of something called a sweetheart lawsuit? This has been a pet peeve of mine for a long time. For those of you who do not know, a sweetheart lawsuit is, for example, it came up during the EPA situations with the endangered species a lot, and that's when I first learned about it. Uh, There was a group out there, still is a group out there, the Center for Biological Diversity, and you can just imagine whose side they're on. Oh, my goodness. So this is a leftist organization that would go out and sue the EPA because, hey, EPA, we want you to, you know, ban the snail darter, and you haven't, you're taking way too long to get this done, so we're going to come in and sue the EPA to get it done. Well, because of the legislatively mandated timelines that the EPA has to follow to go through the process of having something labeled endangered, they would go in before the end of the timelines and start raising cane through the courts and go find a favorable court location to file the lawsuit. And all of a sudden, a judge would rule in favor of the Center for Biological Diversity, and they bypassed all of the laws and all of the regulations. The EPA knew it was going on, and so did the Center for Biological Diversity. You would think they'd be on opposite sides since one was suing the other. Nope. But they're not. not. That's called a sweetheart lawsuit where the left has gone in and set the whole situation up, gone through our judiciary system to a favorable judge to get a precedent that they wanted to completely circumvent both the law and Congress to get it done. Mm. Now, the interesting thing, it doesn't just happen with the EPA. It's happening all over the government. Everything the Bureau of Land Management and all that commotion that happened out west about federal land, same kinds of situations. You need to watch for this stuff popping up, folks, because it's happening all over the place mm. by the left. All right. Elizabeth, go home, get well. We'll see you again next week. Always a pleasure to have you here. Hannah is on her way. She'll be joining us. If not, Amy and I are well-equipped to be able to take it by ourselves. But we'll be back with you in a few minutes here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Been a fast two hours thus far as we come into the four o'clock hour. Hannah is here. She has joined us. She has made her way back from the bastion of liberal law school teaching to join us here on the. I Dave made it out alive. <laughs> she made it here alive. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect. Is we just talked about this. When did we talk about this? Was it? Tuesday? We, I think it was last week. About the two was people hanging week? out of their car shot to death? Yes. Yeah. You being about the crime rate surrounding the school. And, you know, I've voiced my concerns about the enhanced carry, and I refuse to get it because it restricts my rights so much that it's not worth it. Um, but today there was a shooting a football field away from the school maybe it's it's the bridge that I have to drive over to even turn onto campus um shooting roads blocked off police barricaded caution tape the whole nine yards apparently the gunman is still at large they think he might have hopped on I-30 and got away um but there I was again a sitting duck we have automatic sliding doors no lock anyone can just walk in and the question is, do you all have any kind of app on your phone? Absolutely not. That there was, tells you that something is going on? No. no. I, the only way I found out is because um, one of my best friend's parents 
were, that she, they're from Little Rock, were texting her, telling her that there was a shooting and giving her kind of the rundown of the facts that there was a shooting right by school, the intersection, they think the shooter got away, the bridges shut down, the whole nine yards. They didn't shut the school down. They nope. didn't lock you down. No, no lockdown. We were in, with a shooter no. at large. We were not in lockdown with our automatics. And you know. Just a warning, just a heads up, just a, hey, be aware when you walk to your car in about 20 minutes. Yeah. That sounds like a liability issue to me. It so that was a conversation be, I would think. me and dad had on the way here. You know, I refuse to get the enhanced carry because it's so awful. And I, I beg and I plead and I cry from personal experience with the legislator to please fix it. Make it worth my while to get because right now it makes me more unsafe. It's not, it, yeah, it, it basically... Makes me a criminal if I try to defend myself, not correctly by the statute. You have of the a books. duty to retreat. Exactly. With that. Okay, so here's my question then: Are you students going to raise hell about not being notified that there was this kind of a problem? And will the rest of the media, not just me, but the rest of the media, pick this story up and ask the uh, the folks that are in charge at UALR and the Bowen School of Law why? There's not an app on every student's phone to notify them when something like this happens. I know A-State like has an app. So we have it. There will be times that we get text message alerts, you know, here's a test of the UALR warning system. Well, but we didn't get any of that today. Oh, so they it, didn't they give have you a, a warning, warning system, when you really needed a warning. Right. And so, I mean, you know, I could go back and double check my email, but I'm assuming I don't have an email warning either. I mean, I'll check that during our break to verify. But... Because why would anybody send an email to students who are in class? You would send a text, for God's sake. Right. And just my frustration of the fact that, again, I was in a situation, uh, not that I don't think, the school does have a police officer in place. That's great. But the police officer to student ratio is not even measurable. what, what What is the census at the school? So, you know, talking about raising cane about yeah if the, i guarantee that the high high majority of students there would prefer not to ever see a gun for their entire life and that the people who would be upset and would want to push their rights here are going to be in the very very small minority yeah but i'm talking about you need to be notified that something well, like that happened oh i agree but the whole idea that you have i was like how many students are enrolled in the school so I mean, there was a hundred in that classroom okay, with me today. So you have a hundred in one class, in one classroom, and they have and they have one cop. Yes, on that duty. is freaking ridiculous. Now, granted, they do. There are so we don't have like gates or anything that enclose the school, and we have automatic sliding doors. Right. But the police station is right there as you drive into the parking lot, and the parking lot has a fence around it. But I mean, at several times during the day, you'll see the officer in the school. How, so. how spread out is the school? just one it's not it's just it's more up than out but still you the response time for one cop to get to somewhere on campus if there was a problem right i mean one it's you know i respect the police force absolutely that none of that's in question but i understand that they can't be everywhere at once Mm -hmm. and i want the responsibility of protecting myself exactly i want i want my weapon on my body on my person at all times in my control and within arm's reach of my life. But that's since important. you're not getting that, 
they only have one cop. They're only, they, they, they're, I, I know that you want to be personally responsible for your own protection, but since you can't be because of this, this garbage EHCL law. I just act like that doesn't exist. It's so terrible. Yeah. It, but the fact that since you're not able to control your own destiny, so to speak, whether mm-hmm. you live or die, the fact that they have, okay, you have in your lecture hall, you have 100 students. That's just that one class. Mm-hmm. There's other classes going on and the staff and the faculty and, and, the, and the food service workers. And, and the, our law library is open to the public. <sighs> and it's open late at night. Yes. So you, I mean, does that... Is well, there, the school's open late at night also. So is, it also has a part-time night program. So the school's automatic door entry access is from closing or from opening to closing, 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. And okay. is, there, is, that, is there 24-7, 365 police pr- protection? One person can't be there all day long. I mean, do they have like... No, so I'm sure you get shifts. Yeah, there's yeah, shifts. Yeah, because you'll see different police officers at different times. Um, I'm just assuming that it's during all class hours that yeah. the school's right. open. So, yeah, I so the gate that you have, you know, you got... Well, there fence. is no gate. There's just a fence around the parking lot. Okay. And it's just wide open for people yes. to drive in? I mean, there, uh, so where, it's not where a the, sliding... No. Where the, where the drive-ins are, there is no gate. See, that makes no sense to me. That's just terribly bad planning. I would think that you would all have... Kind of like, like the, a key access or something. Well, a key or just on put it on your windshield, you know, so that the the electric eye can pick it up and read it and open it up. Kind of like the like the pass you have when you go through the toll. That's toll roads. exactly right. That's what I'm well, referring to. And again, it comes down to the law school is open to the public at all hours of the day because we do have the free legal clinic and the law library. But that's why you have a police officer in a a booth or something there. People can go in, go up to him and ask for access if they're not a student. I agree. I agree. If until unless we can fix the enhanced legislation to make it worth people's while to have I don't think necessarily an enhanced legislation needs to be in place. I think that if we're going to have some extra training or something like this, I don't think a permit with restrictions need to go along with it. If you want to require me to go do extra training, by all means I will. And another conversation that me and dad had on the way here of course, if I needed my enhanced legislation to protect myself, of course my parents would fund it for me. Absolutely, 100%. No questions asked. Not everyone had... I'd, right now, I'm a student living on a loan. I'm on a very tight fixed income budget. I don't have the extra income in my budget to pay for the enhanced legislation or a gun. That would 100% have to come from my parents. Not everyone has that kind of support. That, it's just not there. That's the problem I have with even the basic class, the basic CHCL. You have... Uh, what is it like? One hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty dollars. I, I can't remember what I paid when I got it three years ago. Usually, but, you get the, the class going to run you about a hundred and a quarter and up. But then, and you then, the, then the you instructor gotta, has their fee. Well, yeah, but well, then you you got to hint you head over to the state police, okay. and they're going to hit you for about a hundred and fifty bucks. But what I'm trying to say is, is that. When you have a single mother or a single father, because yeah, they can't they afford get, that, they, I understand. Yeah, if it's the difference between buying groceries, paying the rent, paying the electric bill, and getting a, a CHCL permit because you think you have to have one to, to to carry a weapon, then that's infringing on your rights because you're making it uh, making an impossible choice, really. All right, so Hannah, what difference does that uh, court case that happened here recently it was for evidentiary? material but within the writing of the court case it said the arkansas constitution says you have the right to carry a a firearm that's not a suspicious activity 
and it didn't matter whether it was open or concealed seems to me that's constitutional carry it is i think how does that translate to a school zone yeah that's good. i would be in, i mean question i would like to argue that it carries over to that i'm gonna assume that i'm gonna be fought every way along the road to that battle this is the thing just because you want to exercise your right doesn't mean you're forcing everybody else to. You should be afforded the opportunity to protect yourself regardless of what somebody else has to say about it. But look you, at her. Look how wild-eyed oh my gosh, she's and so, just unbalanced she looks. Let me tell you, I'm probably the craziest of them all. <laughs> yeah, because you're conservative. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I mean... Just because you don't want to exercise your right doesn't That's mean I right. shouldn't be able to do it. I agree with I you agree. wholehearted. I'm Wait, wholeheartedly if, into this. If they, if you know, if more liberal students don't want to carry a gun that's fine. That's great with me. Mm-hmm. That's your right. By all means, exercise it. But if a shooter walked in, I will happily defend you. That's okay. But that's not my choice. I don't want to do that. I want a gun on my person, and I want to be safe. Bottom line. Mm. I agree with you. I'm, I'm all for it. It's, it still just stuns me, one, that they didn't notify you over your phone. That's that ridiculous. That there was a killing say, within about 100 yards of the school. And number two, that they don't, they don't somehow monitor the traffic coming in and out of that parking lot. That's like the old days when they didn't have uh, any, uh, when they didn't have really full-on gate access at military installations. I remember back in 2001 when I had a contract job as a civilian LPN at Fort Leavenworth. You could just drive on and, dr- and drive on, no questions asked. And let me tell you, I was there, I was working the morning of 9-11. Mm-hmm. You want to see 180 degrees night and day? About, immediately? Immediately. Yeah. When I left after my shift that day, I went out. There were people with Kevlar vests and, and body armor and the radios on their back and yeah, on, yeah. On, on the corners with their M16s or whatever their issued firearm was. And the next day, when on nine twelve, when I tried to come to work, I sat in traffic for about an hour and a half or two hours Showing trying to get on. To show it. So there were days. There were days when you didn't have to have access. You could just anybody could drive on a military installation. It was that way for a long time. So I mean, during the time I was in the military. But I mean, to, 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 to so I guess it's going to come down. I just need to wear a bulletproof vest, vest well, to school that every day. Have our helmet. Yeah, that that seems my only option right now. And I'm sure that their defense to the no parking thing is well, we have our police booth at the you, um, at the entrance of the school, but. Do you have those intermittent little uh, emergency phones throughout campus or anything? If we do, I I've never noticed. I know at state where my son TJ goes, every in all the, like the residence hall areas and just about all, there's like a little phone that you can pick up and, and, for, and call for campus security or campus police. Yeah, they got the little blue light. Yeah, 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 like that. Oh, no. Oh. All right. Anyway, it's stupid. I know that the media listens to the show because we give them ideas for their stories. Here's a great story for you to report on. I'm well, just telling you, it's a great story. And again, I would like to plead with the legislator, for my sake, for my safety, for my well-being, for my peace of mind, please get rid of the enhanced carry. And if you've got to do it over, do a better job this time. It's literally my life at stake. All right. We got to get a break in. Let's talk about Sunny's Auto Salvage. I can really talk about them because my car's there right now. They've, they have gotten the transmission into it, but now, of course, they got to let it sit overnight to get it over to a place early in the morning to have it flashed so that it 
so that the rest of the car recognizes it's part of the car <laughs> so that it will shift the way it's supposed to shift with the engine. So it's all of those computers that you got now. You got 60-odd computers in your typical car anymore, and they all need to introduce each other and kind of shake hands, bow themselves to each other so things work the way they're supposed to. I just saved about uh, $3,200 having this uh, transmission put in through Sonny's instead of going somewhere where they're going to rebuild and, and, and do everything there. So it's got a three-year uh, warranty, parts and labor, and unlimited mileage. So it never runs out for that three years. So I'm like, I'm good as gold as far as I'm concerned. Do the same for anything you need for your car. Why buy new if you're like me and you're almost at 300,000 miles? You don't want to do that. Go ahead and stop by, talk to RD at Sunny's, and get a well-maintained uh, part from a total loss vehicle. Phone number, if you want to just call, 982-7451. That's 982-7451. Back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show. So we didn't get to the uh, the big question about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, as we got into the whole talk about the stuff of how they're not protecting the law students over at the Bowen School of Law. I just found that really... It's asinine. I really hope I don't get in trouble for this tomorrow. That's eye-opening. It really is. You know what? If Um, you get in trouble, you let me know, all right? I will. You'll be the first. The fact that that, that, um, students are going to law school and their Second Amendment rights are being infringed upon, they're not allowed to carry... It's very ironic. Yeah, it's very... (laughs) Oh, the irony. I suggest in one of your classes when they have open parts for questions that you bring this up. That would get very uncomfortable very quickly. (laughs) For you? Yes. For you or them? Both. Okay. But you know what? Just just real quickly, I was I was watching uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin one evening uh, several weeks ago when he had Mark Mickler and Tom, Doctor Tom Coburn on. Of course, they were Go talking Tom. about they. Um, Mark asked Mark Levin asked Mark Meckler. So, when you were in law school, did you read the Constitution? He says, and I'm not talking about constitutional law i'm talking about the constitution that's underneath the glass at the national archives Mm -hmm. and mark mickler said no i did not no they don't so i asked a couple weeks ago did you get a copy of the constitution as soon as you entered law school no okay but i bet you're taking con (laughs) law right no i don't take con law maybe next semester but maybe not till next year oh i you better stay around anna because i want to hear what they're teaching you I'm excited to know too. I'm interested to yeah. know. Maybe not excited. You just, just, you just keep reading the real deal. Yeah, oh, yeah. Keep, you just keep, stand keep by the real words. Y'all know yeah. where my heart lies. Okay, so if uh, and I'm not expecting this to happen. I think that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, until until she's not breathing anymore, is going to be sitting on the Supreme Court. Okay, she will until a Democrat can sign in her replacement so to speak but uh if amy comes up amy coney barrett not yeah. amy freeman yeah not you amy <laughs> i mean just just because yeah. i watch law and order doesn't mean i can but you be don't a have supreme to, well court. you know you don't have to be a lawyer to be a supreme court i'd justice, heard that right? i'd heard that I mean, so why is it a requirement her, which one is it right now that uh, obama put on the court that's not a lawyer there's one on the who who the two that, to, that he put on there um, Sotomayor. Well, it, admittedly, I, I didn't think Mayor. Hagen possible. It's 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 it was it Hagen or Mayor that wasn't a lawyer, Russ? Do you remember? 
Yeah, I can't remember. It's one or the other. They have no legal legal background. You know, well, very admittedly, I did not know that was possible. Yes, so. it is. Yeah, I'd heard it. I, you, but you just confirmed it. Yeah, that's why I said because so, you, that's you why I always com- said I can't be a Supreme Court justice. Not because I don't have the education, but because well, what they the find thing, out about that, me. That's the thing, Dave. Everything you need to know is is digital. You can look up precedents. You can look yep. up you know case law. You can look up um, uh, you know I, I carry around a pocket constitution in my purse at all times. So I mean. Well, I you just, are. I just, you are a radical. Oh, woman. I'm a radical. Well, you are a radical. And, and, and so, so <laughs> conceivably, I could be, I could be confirmed to the Supreme Court, State. and I'm not even a lawyer. Let's hold your thoughts. We'll come back. We'll finish up this edition of the Dave Ellswick Show. We've got another half hour after the news. All right, back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show. We just found out something. Hey, Kagan. Uh, was not a judge or does not have a law, a juris degree or any of that kind of stuff. <coughs> and she is now a Supreme Court justice. But she is, and she is the first associate justice who didn't ever, who was never ever a judge. Do you know who the other one was? I, well, you guys know because I told you. Rehnquist. I did. I learned something. William Rehnquist. Name the used 72. To, the former Supreme uh, Chief, Chief Supreme Justice. Court Justice was never never sat on the bench. Never was a, a judge. Nope, never was. Incredible. That's kind of interesting. Interested kind of to know what the Senate thought qualified them for the House Court That's, of Land. I'm sure you go back to YouTube you can go and back find to it the, all. Yeah, I'm sure go watch the con- confirmation hearings and see what the questions that they yeah, asked. Yeah, that'd them. be interesting. Hmm. All right, let's go talk to Carol. She's in Roland. Wants to say hi to us. Hello, Carol. How hi. are you? Hi, Carol. Hi. Well, FYI, uh, Rehnquist actually uh, proposed to Sandra Day before she was Mrs. O'Connor. <laughs> so he was in uh, college with her, I think. But anyway, yeah, he actually proposed to her. And uh, then she was dating this uh, O'Connor fellow, and she wound up marrying him. But well, anyway, maybe was, maybe if she'd uh, married Rehnquist, she kept her, her legal mind about her instead of doing all the weird crap she did towards the end of her career. Yeah, well, you know, worldview counts. Uh, really means something when you're electing officials or judges or whatever. It, it has consequences. But what I called about was um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg had made a statement, and it's online that she would not retire until she was 90 as long as she could walk. And so, you know, I think she's the one who really should never have been confirmed because she was the main lawyer for the ACLU, which the the court cases that they hear are will most of them be in direct conflict with her beliefs. I mean, she is already biased uh, when she can defend um, that uh, worldview of the ACLU because um, they're very anti-Constitution and they're radical, in other yeah, words. Well, yeah, of course they are. And the other thing I wanted to bring to your attention is the Project Veritas has done some more underwater, under, underwater, under um, cover uh, stings, and they did it down in Texas at the voting booth. And uh, there was, they were, the byline was non-citizens uh, are voting by the tons and um, so they did this video sting. And by the way, um, not only did they, the people that were signing these people up, admit that they had taken a lot of the DACA's and a lot of these people that just ha- all they had to have was a driver's license. So the people that came in got a driver's license because they're driving around. But anyway, um, Judge uh, 
Governor Abbott is launching an investigation. So it's probably why Robert Francis O'Rourke got so many votes. Thank you for calling him Robert Francis. (laughs) Just because you identify as a Hispanic doesn't mean you can call yourself Beto, whatever that is. Beto. Oh, excuse me, Beto. Pardon me. All right, Carol, Carol, I got to move on. I appreciate you calling in today. I didn't know about uh, Sandra Day O'Connor dating Rehnquist in wow. college, which is kind of interesting. But I have a, another little piece about the Supreme Court that I will be honest with you, I had never heard. You do not have to be a naturalized citizen to sit on the bench. Hmm. I did not know that. That means you could have an illegal alien sit on the bench. Isn't that bizarre? That bothers me. But, okay, yeah. okay, wait a second. So, um, technically, the president is supposed to, if somebody running for president is supposed to have both parents that are American citizens. Yeah. Okay? Because the forefathers, or the, excuse me, the framers were worried about foreign influences. Mm-hmm. As they should so be. So, why in the world would you want an illegal alien sitting on the highest court of the land that's making decisions on immigration policy and yes. whatnot a good question I, mm. I, I didn't say i understood i just said here's what <laughs> he just saying. told you the fact yeah. just the facts ma'am just the facts i'm looking i'm, I'm looking at the requirements again i want to make sure that i am being completely correct about this requirement uh, to be a Supreme Court justice. Here we go. And it says, there are no official qualifications for becoming a Supreme Court justice. The Constitution spells out age, okay, take that back now, citizenship and residency requirements for becoming president of the United States or a member of Congress, but mentions no such rules joining the nation's highest court interesting especially since they have the last word and everything isn't that but i mean you would think that there would be requirements you know age or well just the same or, requirements you know, of the president a, or congress you or, think being a citizen for sure not there you're making decisions based on the laws that i have to abide and you don't even have to be a legal resident or a, a, a citizen of this country. I'm surprised. And by that the we way, haven't. that was not from Wikipedia. What, what, <laughs> okay, what was that term you used yesterday? Bull excrement. Yeah, I call bull excrement on yeah. that. Well, I call bull excrement on the founders <laughs> if they didn't think about that. Maybe that's why Jefferson. But you know was what? So against lifetime appointments. So, you know, I'd never put much thought into the lifetime appointments thing until recently at the school. We had a after the Kavanaugh hearings, just a Supreme Court debate. And it was after the hearing. So there wasn't have been heated. It was, but not as much as what you think. It was it was moderately heated, not extremely, but it was very interesting and very informing. (laughs) But I had never and there were people on both sides. Well, it was one against three, but (laughs) you were the one against I was not the one. Okay. <laughs> I was not the one. Somebody far more educated than me was the one. But, okay, good. All right. But he was on, so he was on our team. He was Team Kavanaugh. 
Okay. And he has done extensive research into term limits for Supreme Court justices. Uh Um, Not necessarily life appointments, but X amount of years. I want to say it was like 12 or 18 year appointment. It was a very long, decent amount of time. But it was it was interesting, the argument for it. And I, of course, would want to learn more about it before I was like, oh, yes, I absolutely support that. But it wasn't too bad of an argument. And it would keep the because I mean, I do agree that there shouldn't be political influence in the court. It needs to be. Oh, it just it just mm. needs to be neutral. Read the law. Not, interpret not the law. Like now. Right. I mean, it's very charged. And, you know, right now it works in our favor. So it's easy to be excited about that until the day it's no longer in our favor. That's correct. Um, yep. But term limits may cut down on political influence and the strategy that goes because, you know, there and some uh, argument he presented was that these judges know what they are doing and they perfectly time their resignations or their retirements and things like yep. that. And, he, you know, cut down on that, you know, so on and so forth. But I will say this. The, next, the only way that's going to be changed, you got to change the Constitution. Because that is a lifetime appointment. Mm -hmm. As far as term term limits is concerned, nobody in power is going to want their power uh, taken away by term limits or Mm -hmm. being ended. And so the only thing that we'd be able to do is if we had Article 5. Well, here's the thing. The legislator would have to change it. That's, by the way, being talked about openly now in Congress. Hmm. Well, they have nothing to do with it other than they have to be informed that an article they gotta five. They got to let it happen. Yeah. So, I mean, what they have to say is kind of irrelevant at this point. No, if they say we, you can't do it, you can't do it. So it it would be interesting. Can that, they say that? Yes. Then why even have Article Five? Okay. Well, you got to you got to have the you got to have the people have a voice, and the people's voice comes from the legislature. Okay. Well, speaking of, can I can I? It reminded me of something. Okay. Um, I was listening to the radio again today, and this lady called in on what show that I was listening to, and apparently um, the uh, people in California wanted the ballot initiative to separate themselves into different Californias. Yeah. There, and it was, was supposed uh, to be three different Californias. Yeah, but somehow, some way, they were denied their ability to put that on the ballot. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think the Supreme Court of California found it unconstitutional. It's unconstitutional for the people to have a voice in their own government. Because the... No, they're saying that, hey, you guys wrote the Constitution, we're just following it. Oh, so so the leftists in California on their Supreme Court, decided to follow the Constitution for a change. That's the way the left has always worked, they, man. They cherry oh, pick. the irony. <laughs> they cherry pick, and they, they, they dust it yes. off and pull it out at their convenience. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a rhetorical statement. I'm it sorry. Is I'm sorry that I got off on a bunny trail with that. But when you said that the people are supposed to have a say. That's right. You supposed know, to. Kind of like when, uh, when what's-his-face, guy that's ahead of the Chamber of Commerce here in Zook. Yes, Randy Zook, that's his name. Yep. That he uh, decided after all the the petitions were filled out and turned in, you know, Leslie Rutledge, you know, gave her blessing on this is this passes constitutional mm-hmm. muster and it goes to Mark Martin, the Secretary of he State, gave, he and he gave his stamp of approval and then all of a sudden here in a blaze of glory comes Randy Zook and says to save we us need a, from we, ourselves <laughs> we need a special master to look sounds like he's the special master 
the yeah. master of all he surveys. There's still a lot of questions about that. I'm hoping. Wasn't it that it didn't, if just one signature na- was that it disqualified the entire t- other nine on the paper? That's correct. That's what happened. Bull excrement. <laughs> <laughs> Get plenty of it. Yep, you heard it. There's, you know, Bull excrement. When you start talking about politics, just telling you, you talk a lot, a lot of. Steaming piles of uh, bull excrement. That's exactly what I'm looking at Hannah. She's just kind of smiling and nodding her head. Yes. I feel like I got in enough trouble at the first 30 minutes of the segment, (laughs) so I'm just going to nod and agree now. She's being quiet right now. All right. Don't forget it. Go ahead. I'll just say it for you. All right. Thanks. I don't have much to lose. (laughs) All right. Unless they decide to audit me or something. We're not going to get much. That that can happen. (laughs) Try it. All right. Aeroplumbing.net, don't forget about it. They are the pl- um, plumbing uh, firm that I suggest that you use because that's who I use. I've been using them for 15 years, ever since I own my home out in Cabot. They got the 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you're not 100% satisfied with the service, they've provided it. They'll refund all of your money. If the plumber smokes in your house, if he swears in your home, he doesn't wear the little booties or has not been drug tested. You don't pay for the service. If a repair fails in the first year, they'll repair it again at no charge. They're great, man. Professional, show up professional, dress professional, taught professional, taught how to treat you as a customer. Aeroplumbing is the bomb. Aeroplumbing.net or just Google Aeroplumbing. Back with you. I just found out that a justice by the name of Frankfurter what a great name. Frank, because he's from Vienna, Austria. All right. He was from Vienna, Austria, was a Supreme Court justice from 1939 to 1962. Was not an American citizen. How's that one for you? That's Don't give him any ideas, it's Dave. It's amazing. This is one of these things. That Arnold I'm- Schwarzenegger. There's still, uh, there's still hope. <laughs> yeah, I know you want to be president, but what about Chief Justice of the Chief Supreme Justice. Court? <laughs> I'll be back. It's one of these things I'm not. I'm surprised that isn't raised as a question of debate more often. And yeah, maybe I, people want to leave it that way for I strategy issues. Know. I so. did not know. I just is we may have and I know a, a lot about government. All right, and I had no idea something to chew on yeah it really is and why they did it that way yeah i'd be interested to know if there was a reason if they forgot it yes, we need to go they... wake up james madison and ask some questions yeah I, I need you to come back from the dead <laughs> sir i have questions <laughs> i just don't understand how you wouldn't want you don't want a president that could potentially have foreign influence in the executive but uh but you would want or even the legislative but I think uh, you have to be a, just an American citizen. It doesn't it, it, it either naturalized yeah. or natural born, right? Yes. Uh, to be a legislator, well, you got to be a citizen. But yes, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It floors me. Yeah, it does. I, I, that one's a stunner for me. File that away the next time you're playing Trivial Pursuit. It might. Come I'm up. sure there's a there's a question about it. It Somewhere might be the, the game box. winning question for Could you. Be. Give you the last piece of pie you need it. And then get you the the big question to win the game. Yes, I can say that's just that's just really bizarre. And don't forget, last guy's last name was Frankfurter. Did he you say was he's not, from Vienna. He was from Vienna. Or for those of you Vienna who live sausages. here, Vienna Yeah, he's from Vienna, Austria. I'm going to in Kentucky, Versailles. 
It's called for sale. Versailles. Well, we've got El I Dorado. Yeah, I live there. Oh, and where I'm from, up uh, by, in Old Trough, we, um, between Old Trough and Batesville, <laughs> there's Salado. Salado. When I first moved here, I called it Salado, and they're like, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> well, Goober Town is about five minutes from Paragold, so. Goober Town? Goober Town. Well, you know what's not too far down the road? There? You know what's not far down the road? What? From my house? Possum Green. I knew yeah. that one was coming. And then there's um, toad suck and bald knob. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm assuming they grow peanuts there. They grow peanuts in Paragold. Goober Town's not that far away. I wonder if that's why they called it Goober. You know, Goober because peas. You may have yeah. taught me more about Northeast Arkansas history <laughs> than. <just> wondering. <laughs> Do you want to know, know why old troughs called Don't old trough? Quote me on that. But no, you know, you know why old troughs called old trough? No, why? Because they used to float barges down the White River, and they had these troughs filled with bear oil that they would haul down the white river through old trough well, that's kind Hence of interesting old trough well, so See, Par- i love that kind of stuff well in paragold i'm assuming they still do this they may not but we were required to learn paragold history i know that jay gold and something paramore built the railroad through paragold and they combined their last names to call it paragold and the railroad's a big deal there of the loose caboose every year was it was it a big deal for them for the the post office to say Paragould was an honest to goodness name for a town? I have no idea. Is I know we're the only one though. In, we're the only Paragould. Okay, but in Texas, there's a town called Burke Burnett. Hmm. All right, and it was a person's name, and they would not allow them to be registered by the post office hmm. because you couldn't have two names. So what happened is. They had to go get a presidential proclamation to be named Burke Burnett. And if you want to know anything else about Burke Burnett, watch the movie Boomtown with Clark Gable. <laughs> You'll learn everything you want to know and a whole lot more about Burke Burnett. It used to be a huge place because of the oil boom back in the day. Huh. I just knew they squished the two words together and called it good. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> Burke Burnett. Yeah, it's just kind of interesting. There's a lot of history is interesting. I love... Mm-hmm. There's a show that they do, I don't know if it's on the History Channel or uh, one of the Learning Channels or something, that about the states, and they teach you all the stuff about how they got their borders and stuff. It's very, if you ever can, you can buy it. I think it's the History Channel, in fact. You can buy the DVDs. You should buy them. I can guarantee you this. You'll start with the first episode on DVD, and you'll have a hard time stopping before the last segment on the DVD. Interesting. Because it's will, that interesting. I will say, I'm a millennial with a wonderful history background from public school. I, I think it was a perfect storm, and I think it may be a dwindling trade. But I just had, I had wonderful history teachers. Um, in ninth grade, I learned civics and, econo- and economics from Miss Mason. She did a wonderful job. I still remember what she taught us. And then during high school... I went on and took AP history, and at the time, the teacher, Miss Sullivan, was wonderfully detailed, made it very interesting, and she was actually taught at um, ASU Paragold at, in the night class, so we actually got a college-level class in, in high school, um, but we learned so much, and I, I remember in seventh grade, we had Arkansas history, and we had Paragold history, and so I think I was a perfect storm, but I had a wonderful history background. It interested me in all the things I'm interested in now, obviously, but I wish I wasn't such a rarity in that 
field. I wish but, it were yeah. too. I, I, we had to learn about Delaware history when I grew up. And, I, and, I learned and, about you know, Indiana history. Of course, the, history. Kids, the kids learn about, um, uh, you know, Arkansas history. And I learned some stuff I didn't know from uh, helping my daughter study for her tests and yeah. stuff. Awesome. All right. We're out of time. Bummer. This Thursday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show, other than the repeat with J.R. Davis that's coming up, which is very interesting. It's not all about Arkansas politics. We get into some really interesting discussions like about Jim Acosta and stuff like that that you got to hear. That's coming up next. I'm out of here for the live segments. I'll see you tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Hannah, thank you. Had fun today. And the, and the law school needs to be sending out uh, tweets when there's killings right around the school. And Amy, Word. thanks for coming. It's always, it's always a pleasure. A pleasure. Oh, great minds. Always. All right. We'll take a break. Talk to you tomorrow.